Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Health Minister Stephen Donnelly has apologised as between 10,000 and 15,000 people who may have been exposed to COVID-19 and the virus were not informed over three days due to the latest HSE tracing fiasco, which has caused its contract tracing service to be swamped. Now, he has said that it isn't overwhelmed. Ironically enough, last night in RT News, they kind of indicated it is overwhelmed, that they don't have enough staff uh, to actually deal with it. And I don't know how they don't have enough staff to deal with it, to be honest with you. There's 500 people working on it constantly all the time, so I don't know how they don't have it. So what they've done was, they rang people, or people who were, say, COVID positive, and said, listen, you're COVID positive, we don't actually have the time to do this. You couldn't just ring your own contacts there for the last 48 hours and just let them know they might have the COVID but I want to know, by the way, in relation to contact tracing, it seems to be a complete mess. If we're to get out of this fiasco, and let's be clear, it's a fiasco. This morning, by the way, I just got a text from a good friend of mine. And he says, so much for level five, Niall. I haven't seen as much traffic on the M50 in the last six months. Uh, this is all this morning. And not one company is closed in Ballymount. Thanks, mate. So, in other words, there are shops open that are not meant to be open. There are businesses open that are not meant to be open because people just can't afford to close. Uh, also, you've heard there, that you mentioned in the, in the news there a few minutes ago, the buses are not picking up people because they don't have the capacity because they have reduced capacity under the guidelines. So people are forced to take their cars. Meanwhile, the guards are stopping people in cars and causing traffic mayhem. The whole thing is a fiasco. It's a mess. It's a joke. There's no strategy. There's no plan. There's no exit plan. It's an, And then to top it all off, you've Michal Martin. Michal Martin last night on Twitter doing his little hashtag Lockdown Eve, which was completely disrespectful to the Irish people. And I thought, God almighty, what have we come to? I mean, I'm going to read his tweet out very quickly if I can. And his tweet says, this evening, as we think about the next six weeks of increased restrictions at level five, we just need to remember that we are doing this to protect our families and the most vulnerable. That's your job, Michal, by the way. Anyway, in our communities, we will come through it and we will see each other again. Hashtag Lockdown Eve. It's not bleeding Christmas, Michal. For God's sake. You don't put hashtag lockdown. I mean, do you know how to use social media for something as sensitive as that? You don't use a hashtag. Hashtags are for fun, for Christmas, for happy times. Oh, God. They've no plan. And I know people at home today, a lot of people who've lost their jobs, roughly 180,000 people lost their jobs today. Many of them will get their jobs back, we hope. Many of them won't. Many of them are finished. Many people out there who have mortgages to pay, bills to pay, food to put on the table, normally on maybe seven, 800 quid a week in a family are now down to 300 quid or 350 quid. It's not good. You know, for what? There was uh, 24 admissions into hospital today, according to the statistics of the last 24 hours, 36 left hospital. The numbers are actually going down. And not only that, we have asked on numerous occasions the HSE to provide us with information in relation to the hospital admissions compared to, say, July, when people weren't being tested all the time going into hospital, so you would have had low hospital admissions. Now people are being tested all the time. We ask them for basic information, and that information is we don't want to know their names, we don't want to know where they're from, their age group, nothing. All we want to know is, are they in hospital for COVID-19, or are they in fact in hospital for something else and just happen to have a positive test? Because if that is the case, the numbers are being manipulated. They are being manipulated. 
clearly if that is the case. And we need to find that out. We've also asked them in relation to contact tracing as well. We've asked... Um, quite simply, because we have received numerous messages from people who said they were due to go to a test, to have a test. And when they went, they hadn't got time or they didn't go at all. So they didn't get tested, but they received a text the next day to say they were COVID positive. I want to know if this is a default. If you don't turn up for a test, because according to the HSE, over a thousand people a day don't turn up for a test. So I want to know what your experience with contact tracing has been. Many people we've spoken to also had to wait seven days to be contact traced. If you don't know the person you're meant to be in contact with, they don't contact you, for example, like a friend of mine, his mate who he'd been with all weekend, tested positive. He rang him on the Monday, so he knew. So he contacts his GP, contacts the HSE. It took seven days for the HSE to contact trace him. There is no point in that. Contact tracing is a complete and utter waste of time if you're waiting seven days to contact somebody because, indeed, if the virus is spreading as fast as the government is claiming it's spreading and we're that cautious about it, so what's the point in calling somebody seven days later? They've already gone to work. They've been out in the community. They've been in a restaurant. They've been at home with their friends and family. They've met with their buddies. What is the point of contact tracing if it's seven days later? It's pointless. The whole idea of the contact tracing is to nip it in the bud. Isn't that the idea? All right. We'll talk about that, by the way. What has your experience been? You can text us. The number is 087-188-0008. And one other point to mention as well, the HSC are asking people as well to report GPs who are sending people, you know, wastefully to get uh, a test because we did get a message from a person who had diarrhea, uh, which is not really a symptom of COVID-19. And this person actually had a kidney infection. And I'm not really a symptom. It is mentioned, but I, I think it's a kind of rare symptom. And the doctor sent her for a COVID test. She went to the HSC for the COVID test. And they said, you don't need a test. Go back to your GP and you should report your GP. He shouldn't be sending you. But speaking of that, by the way, uh, Nurel is on the line. Nurel, good afternoon to you. It's Nurel. Oh, Nurel. Nurel, I do apologize. Uh, Nurel, uh, no. you're, you're a GP. Um, yeah. And what, what is the, just out of curiosity, in relation to contact tracing. So if I give you a ring as one of your patients and I say, I have diarrhea. Would you send me for a test? No, I go through all the symptoms that are the common symptoms. There's an algorithm there. It's actually available for everybody. What I'm telling to everybody is that the, the, the information that we're working off of is available to everybody out there. It's not a secret for GPs or doctors. It's all on the HSC website. And there's a specific algorithm that's out there for how we go through it and the questions that we go through uh, for w- whether somebody qualifies for a GP. So if, so if I that. tell you I have a cough, a sore throat, and a bit of a temperature, well, then I'm a candidate for a well, test. It's, one, it's, just, it's just one of those symptoms. So it's, like I said, now it's on the website. Yeah. Uh, so it's cough or fever or shortness of breath or chest pain or loss of smell or altered taste. Okay, so does it have to be a combination of all those or no, any one of those? Any one of those. Oh, okay. And so obviously, there's if somebody has... COPD or, you know, breathing issues in the background, whatever, we have to use some clinical judgment and that's what's written in the algorithm that if there's some background history. Yeah, because like I'm a, I'm a smoker and I probably get a cough every now and again anyway. So that that's kind of... I don't know if that would qualify you as an <laughs> exception. You probably would go testing if you had a cough. It was a new cough. Okay, okay, Neural, I mean, what has your experience been so far in sending people oh. for tests and the time limit people are getting those well, tests done in? So that's what I called for. I don't want to go into a big, I'm not going to be on for long because I have other things. I've, look, the main thing I, resp- I called for is because you were asking that you don't understand how 
we don't have enough contact tracers at this stage or enough contact tracing. But the thing is, that just I want to make this point out that if, when you think about it, if the cases have been growing exponentially, exponentially, how are you going to increase the contact tracers exponentially? I mean, it doesn't make it very difficult. So if your cases are growing, you know, uh, are doubling every week, it's very difficult to increase the number of contact tracers to double them every week. So just think about that one. Okay? But 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 are we but are, are we have indeed changed the criteria because a we're doing more testing obviously, and yeah. um, you know so we've we've quadrupled almost the amount of testing we're doing. We're doing roughly between ninety and one hundred and five thousand. I think was the most they've done per week. Whereas yeah. you know in the if you go back to the peak, which was around April or so, we were only doing about sixteen to twenty thousand. So we, we didn't have the capacity. Well, well, that's it. But okay, so if I test positive tomorrow. And I've got about, say, five contacts or six contacts in the last 48 hours. I live a very solitary yeah. life. I've only got five or six contacts and maybe a couple of people in work here who I would be in close contact with. So that's about seven people for them to call. I'm assuming we don't go then, you know, uh, like a domino effect and then ring those seven and yeah. find out who they've been with. So we, we just contact those seven. That's not a lot of calls, Naral. Yeah. It is for a person to do that. This is actually an unusual situation where they had a huge number. This is my understanding now. I'm only told what, what everybody else is told, is that over the weekend, last weekend, there was a huge n- number on Friday, Saturday, Sunday of tests, and they came back, and the results were positive, unfortunately. So that those three days, and that's it. So it's a fixed number of people that were positive that have to do that with their GP. After from yesterday or Monday onwards, whatever positives, they, they say that they're able to do the contact tracing. They're doing that from that from then onwards. It was just that fixed period, so it's not actually going to continue going on. And they felt that within ten days, they'd have it sorted, so that GPs would no longer have to fill that role, which they weren't filling up until Monday anyway. So it's actually a fixed period. It's not forevermore. This is just. Yeah, but yeah, but the, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Noral, the numbers are not going to go down very quickly. I mean, if we're testing no. more people, we're going to get, and I don't want to sound like yeah. Donald Trump, but if we're yeah. testing more t- people, we're going to get more positive results yeah. because that's the nature of the test. So, well, so, yeah, I, well, we are, aren't we? I mean, when we, we make, well, let's I, let's make an assumption that there are a lot of people on this island currently at the moment, or in the last five or six months, who've had COVID nineteen, who probably didn't even know they had it, right? And that's a fair assumption to make. Thousands. So realistically, if we tested more people, we would find those people. So that is not the logic behind it. So the more tests we do, the more positive results we have. That's always well, going to be the way. Up to a point, you're you're, you're not going to get the same bang for your buck as you test more and more. I don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to grow. In, 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 look, I'm not a statistician. I don't know exactly, but I, I don't think so. But the point is, is that we're, while we're going on about tests and tests and tests and tests, A, it's amazing what they've actually accomplished for a little country like Ireland to increase the testing capacity to such a great extent per capita. It, it's actually fabulous. I know. We're, we're probably but doing as much testing as the United States at this resources. stage. Yeah. I understand. There's limits on resources at the end of the day, and it is growing exponentially. We have to be practical. We have to be fair to the testing services. That If it's growing exponentially, the numbers of positives, then it's not possible to actually grow the testing service 
exponentially. Okay, well, two, two more questions because I know I know you're in a bit of a hurry, Neural, and I understand that. I appreciate you calling in, by the way. But I, but in relation to the testing itself, as a GP, I don't know how familiar you are with the testing with PCR testing itself. We get a lot of texts and a lot of questions in relation to PCR testing, and they've admitted themselves, by the way, that the cycles they're running at the moment are forty to forty-five cycles of amplification for these particular PCR tests, which many people around the world and and other experts around the world, uh, be they epidemiologists and immunologists, have said that's too high, that we will get too many false positives, which is probably even if if it's 1%, it's 1% of everybody we test. Is this an issue uh, that we need to be conscious of, that we're getting a lot of false positives? Okay, so I don't know a lot about the the PCR, the specifics of that, okay? I'm not a scientist, I'm not a lab scientist or anything of that sort. I'm not a virologist or anything like that. But but at the end of the day, there are lots of reasons for getting false, you want to call it false positives or it's saying that it's, it's detected as opposed to not detected or vice versa, actually, as well. So I don't know the ins and outs of it, but there, there are lots of reasons, particularly for, well, for false negatives or false not detected, if you want to call it that. There's many reasons, A, that you might be testing too early, the, the viral load might, be, might not be enough at the time, or it's just it's going to be negatives or positives, and there are reasons for it. Just like a pregnancy test, it can happen as well, you know? Yeah, but, but with a pregnancy test, we have a gold standard. The gold standard being we have a baby at the end of it, so we can measure it against something, and we know actually how accurate a pregnancy test is, because we have a gold standard, where we don't have a gold yeah. standard with COVID-19. Yeah. Well, people have been having babies for I know, one. I know, I know. This, this thing is only around for 10 months. Where we've come tremendous and for okay. a little country like Ireland we've actually come really far and done very well I think and so with the testing service and all that and, and again the last thing I want to say is that the testing everybody's concentrating on testing you're talking about testing here like we should be talking about the behavior it does not matter if you have a test or not well it does matter but the main thing is the behavior so if there's a positive if you're positive or if you're symptomatic Stay at home. So the symptoms are there. The symptoms are that you're supposed to self-isolate. That's a, that's a recommendation. And and you're and, and look at the the criteria of the HSC. If you have any questions, you call your GP or call your GP. And about about about, about your contacts, your family members, etc. What they should do if you're symptomatic, and depending on what the symptoms are and what to, to what degree, where, where your contacts then have to modify their behavior as well. And if everybody wears the mask when they're out talking to each other and everywhere, and if everybody could try at all possible to say whatever two meters apart this would never happen. absolutely and I, I couldn't agree with you more but the problem I have noticed and I'm not suggesting for a minute that I'm anti-mask or anything like that but the problem I've noticed is when we people wear masks comparison to when we didn't wear masks in the first lockdown people tended to keep their distance but I've seen you know women in shops or men in shops or whatever chatting to each other with masks on and they're right beside each other so I think well, when we didn't have the masks on people took that obvious route of staying away from each other I don't agree. I, I, you know, I've been to, And I, I don't want to suggest that I'm anti-mask, by the way, because I'm not. When things these stop, I live in, you know, rural, I mean, rural uh, place, uh, whatever. But I saw people, adults at funerals or just out in the street, whatever, talking without masks when things had lightened up face-to-face in groups or just one-to-one without masks in close-up. The, the, there's a thing about not of talking to each other face-to-face in this country. Oh, we're very sociable. That's a pro- it's a problem in this case. It's not a problem. It's a, it's a great thing about Irish people and the and Irish, but it's a problem in this setting. And people just don't seem to want to 
have the will to modify their behavior. But it, it is, I mean, with the greatest respect, it's very difficult to modify human behavior, you know, particularly when we mm-hmm. believe it's a temporary stage and, and hopefully it is a temporary stage. Well, we are we are human beings. We are social creatures. There's been loads of uh, peer-reviewed studies in relation to primates and human beings and social isolation and how it doesn't work. So it is difficult for them to modify that behavior. But look, I appreciate the comments and, and, I, and I take on board what you yeah. say. Listen, Thank you very much indeed, Neural, and I appreciate you coming on the air. Okay. Uh, Okay, if you have any comments in relation to uh, contact tracing and what your experience has been so far, thus far it seems like, according to the Minister anyway, he's apologised that between 10,000 and 15,000 may be wandering around who have been exposed to COVID-19, but due to the problems of contact tracing and lack of staff, um, they seem to have been swamped. Uh, Alan, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Alan? Good night, how are you? Good, Alan. I, I don't know why they're only saying it this week. I've heard this for weeks and weeks and weeks that people aren't being contacted for seven or eight days. Or in one case, somebody said two weeks after they were in contact with somebody. Yeah, so look, I, my wife came back into the country back in May. And to this point, she's still never been in contact when she came back in to say whether she was self-isolated or not. So, oh, this is in relation to isolating when you come home yeah, from a, yeah. a, a country? Yeah, so it's, it's, again, we have a failure on our, on our government again to protect people in this country due to our ineptness when they get trying to get things right that's how that's what's going on here mm-hmm. so do you do you um, think contact tracing is a waste of time unless it's been done properly no so I was saying to researcher there and I did a course on contact tracing recently and it was just to have a look at contact tracing and what it actually does and how to do it right okay uh, so it was quite interesting so they went into the origin of COVID-19 and everything else that happened so okay so get, give us the load then so if somebody, because you did the course, you might have a little bit more. In- no, I don't. Don't you? Don't be. I didn't go that much into it. Go on. But okay. But if I if I tested positive for COVID nineteen, you guys uh, contact me, and then what what happens then? They say like, who have you been in contact with, or what's the criteria? Yeah. So it was, it was, so it was an American one. So it was an American thing. That, it was an American uh, yep. uh, group that did it. But yeah, but it was like that. So you get in contact with people, you find out where they've been, have been to work, have, who they've been socialising with, where have they been. And is and there a period of time? Is it like longer yeah. than 15 minutes or is there a period of time? Or? Yeah, so there's normally say 15 minutes is okay. what they normally look at. But it's important that that they do this very quickly. So they spoke about Ebola and the way they started Ebola was they went after Ebola through contact tracing. So in Africa, in the back end of Africa where they don't have internet, they actually had people driving to villages to see who was contact tracing and who was, who was meeting who. Mm-hmm. That's how aggressively they went after in this country, when things died down, when we had the opportunity to really get on top of this, we didn't do it. See, I, 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 Alan, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I find it difficult to compare Ebola to COVID-19 because in the majority of cases where people got Ebola, there wasn't, it wasn't that difficult to find the people because they're generally in hospital because Ebola has a much higher mortality rate. So, like South Africa in the side of it, so they, yeah. so they went after what they did, so they went after, so they went to these villages to find these people. They physically went out after because they didn't have the technology. Yeah. Yeah, that's how they're doing. But that's how important you resource and contact tracing correctly, so it can be done quickly, can be done accurately. Well, we have again failed. I think now when this all starting, I, I messed you the times in. We were one of the last to come out because of our inability to do basic things like this. But we've ramped up the numbers of contact or no, tracing. We no, of testing, right? So our yeah, testing is testing, our, yeah. our testing has gone from sixteen thousand roughly up to nearly a hundred thousand. But we seem to be because we've jumped up so high now. We seem to be incapable then of contact tracing because it's all well and good testing loads and loads of people, but sure, there's no point in doing all of that if you can't then you know look back at who their contacts have been to stop it because that's the whole point of this, isn't uh, it? There's, there's hundreds of people who would apply to be contact tracers in this country. Some of them former doctors who have never got a call back from the HSE to go, who are retired doctors. 
They've only 500 yeah. people, I believe. 500 yeah. people doing it. But one of the criteria you have to, in that form you fill in, you have to give your leaving cert results. So where we've got a qualified doctor who's retired now to give his leaving cert results to become a contact tracer. That's the nonsense that goes on in this country. But why would you need That's a medical? I mean. why would you need a medical degree to be a contact tracer with the greatest respect? But why do you need to give your leaving cert results? Yeah. You, so just the nonsense that goes on. This is just the nonsense that, that that slows everything down in this country. So, and then you've got me on Martin's side, as you said, saying those stupid tweets because the chap is in. in oh, it. lockdown Eve. You know what I mean? Is it, what the is, hell? They're too busy trying to get likes on, on, on Twitter than actually doing what's right for people in this country. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I find it, you know, I suppose it's indicative of what's happening when your wife was back from a, a country and didn't even get a call. But, you know, I mean, I know they can't control what she does. They're not going to stand outside her door or anything like that, and I appreciate that. But it, even to get a call and say, listen, you're staying home. Yeah. You know, so that, that's, basic that's stuff, you know what I mean? Happen. Yeah. It, and there's, she's not the only one. There's hundreds of people coming to this country. Oh, and, look, look, I, I know I'm, I'm getting messages and emails and talking to people on a regular basis. It's seven days to 14 days before they even get a call from the HSC to say that you've been in contact with somebody. So that's pointless. Absolutely it's, pointless. It's a bit like you trying to get in contact with Stephen Donnelly. So you, couldn't, you couldn't get him off. Or so <laughs> now you can't. Now, see, but this is the nonsense. You're, you're good to them when they want something. When they get what they want, they don't want anything at all. Yeah. all right, people, should, people should remember this and hold them to account when this is fully sorted out. Right, absolutely. I think they will. Thank you very much indeed, Alan. I think there'll be some sort of tribunals at the end of all this. Anne, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Anne? How you going? Not too bad. Good. And um, in relation to contact tracing, I mean, I know your child was sent home from school because of a yes. case in the school. Now, was the case in his class or just in the school? In in her class. Okay. And in her pod. So her pod was dismissed for, for, the, okay. for the duration of, of whatever. So the, the, um, I, I'm assuming in your mind there wasn't too much concern about your child because no. two children are not really at risk anyway. But you were, no, no. I suppose, more concerned about who your child had been with. Yeah. It's, it, the, the problem we had, I, I've had my kids out of school nearly every bloody week since I went back to school because of viral infections. And because... Um, like on the list, it's one or it's not. It's not a group of symptoms you have to have. You just have one of them is enough to send you for a test. So when the kids have a cough, they're not allowed into the school because you'll be rang and asked to take them home. And I understand that too, Niall. So I'm not. I'm not complaining or anything. But you have to have a, a letter from your doctor to say that they can come back in, and the doctors can't take chances, so they're sending them for testing. And because of that, my house has to get locked down nearly once a week because we're all smothering. It's it's only a virus. It's just thing. a cold, we, yeah. Yeah, and we know that, but at the same time, I, I, I guess where they can't take that risk. Um, so my well, I'm figuring, I'm figuring in two months' time when we get into cold and flu season, oh, you know, there's going to be nobody in work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my little fella was out twice within the space of a month. Then my daughter was out, and just as I thought, this is great, they're going back, we're sorted. The pod was locked down, uh, or let go, whatever. I don't know what, what they call it anymore, but anyways, they were all dismissed from school. So I got... It was a Friday they were dismissed from the class. I knew nothing of it uh, until I checked my emails that evening. And um, she had to have a test the next morning, and I had no car that morning because my husband How old is she, by the way? She's 11. And how does she feel about having the thing, the rod she shoved was, up her nose and all that? She was fine. She was Some, some kids are okay with it, some are not okay Yeah, the it. two of them were good, to be fair. Yeah. And uh, there, it was grand. She, she got it done, but... but I got the email too late in the evening to arrange it for the next morning, if you, if you know what I mean. Like, so I, I tried to contact them straight away and I wasn't able to contact them. And then I got a, a message the next evening saying that I hadn't shown up for, for it. Not that she was positive, but that she hadn't shown up for, for a, a test. And so I, I had already arranged it at this point for it to be done the next day anyway. So it was fine. We, we got it. We, we got it done. But the contact tracers themselves, didn't contact us for two or three days because they know that when when someone's in in contact they're automatically put in for a test 
you're all, like it could be 24 hours before you get your test. Yeah. So the contact tracers might ring you a couple of days later, but the test is given immediately. Right. Okay. Yeah. I get you. I get what you you're saying. What I yeah. Mean? I, so, but but I, I, I just find this whole system is a bit of a mess because from is. your point of view, how long? So between the coughs and colds in your family and the pod situation, how much yeah. school has she missed? Oh, no, once a week. Once a week, we're, we're missing something. I'm up there getting tested today myself oh, and my goodness. son because we're smothering now too. But he, I don't, I'd be grand. I'd stay at home and I wouldn't say anything because I know what it is, but because he's coughing and spluttering, he can't be in school. But your kids cough and splutter all the time. You know what I mean? I know. That's I, know, a, you know I was only talking to a virologist. We had him on the air there going back a while ago with Beta Stadler from, from Switzerland or whatever, Austria, where he's from. But he was telling me that, you know, I mean, like every child, you know, between the age of zero and 13 years of age, they're, they're walking around with runny noses most of their lives yeah, yeah. because yeah, they're yeah. building up immunity to all sorts of different yeah. viruses and colds. The, the problem is now, Nihilus, that we are, unfortunately, in a pandemic. And I could say, it's viral, go through But yeah, but why can't we, why can't we use, the, the, there's, the, they've been talking about it and talking about antigen tests. Antigen tests are much quicker, right? They're 97% accurate. So why can't the school Every school, say, have a local district nurse, which they used to have oh, years, years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, and if any kid, you know, you, you sign a consent form, um, and when your kid goes to school, if any kid has a bit of a cough or a cold, yeah. they just bring them down to the, the district nurse in the school. She gives them a little... Like the headlights teacher. Yeah, <laughs> the headlights teacher, yeah. And it's a five-minute job. You just test them there and then, and if yeah, they test negative, that. just send them back to the class. I love it. That would be ideal for me because the minute I'm stressed, like so unbearably stressed. Why can't they do that? I don't. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, okay. I do realize the antigen test is not quite as accurate as the PCR, although PCR testing, by the way, its accuracy is a little bit questionable as well. But it yeah. would be much easier than send constantly sending kids home, families having to yeah. isolate for two weeks every time, and all the silliness yeah. because kids do get sick. Yeah. All now, the to time. Be fair to the testing, when if I if I ring the doctor early enough that morning. We're usually in on the same day. Usually now, this time, we, we didn't get in until today. We rang yesterday, didn't get in until today. But we get our results very, very quickly. So each week, and if it's terrible for us because we, we have five children in the house, so each week we're, we're, the kids are missing two, sometimes three days. So I would agree to it with you on not having a district nurse in the school. It would be, or even, even... Um, have you seen I the don't. antigen tests, by the way? They're very. No, no, we, 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 we were sent some in here in Classic Kits by an, an organisation uh, that makes them. And basically, it looks like a pregnancy kit. It's exactly, it's like the same little thing as a pregnancy yeah. test. It has the two, you know, the lines. So it has yeah. two, three lines on it all together. One line is positive, two lines is negative, and three lines, if it's the third oh. line, it means and that what it's... what is it, a swab? I was yeah, so you stick the swab down the back of your throat. Uh, yeah. Not too far. I give it a little bit of a rub. You stick, the, you get a little bottle of fluid. You stick it in the bottle of fluid, for shake it around for, for a minute, and then you just put two drops onto it like a pregnancy, like you'd wee on a pregnancy yeah, I test. I think that would be ideal. And it you can see it, see it within two or three minutes, it comes up and tells you the result. That'd be ideal. That and that, be ideal. if every school and every care home had these, we could do things so much quicker, but they just yeah, seem to be I reluctant to do it. More. I don't know why, because look, the likes of me now, um, just, just my own case, for example, like I, I completely understand where the school is coming from. They're 100% right. I completely understand where the doctor is coming from. She's 100% right, but they're only following protocol. Of course. No, I know, I know that. They have so to do what I told you. Yeah. But in our circumstances, I am cracking up with all them kids at home once a week under my feet, undoing everything I've done. I know, I know. You know I, and apart, by the way, and I don't know your situation, but there are a lot of parents who are working um, and they rely on their kids being in school so they can go yeah. to bloody work. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I understand the frustration. Thank you very much indeed for that. I want to go to Catherine very quickly before the break as well. Thank you. Uh, Catherine, how are you doing? Hey, Niall, how's it going? You're waiting how long for your results? 
Um, I got the text from the school on Saturday. Um, I, my son got tested. I got the text. He's he, by the way, he's three years of age. Yeah, he's three years of age. Yeah, so he's only literally started the preschool. This okay. is his first ever going to school. Um, what you call it? So uh, it was Tuesday. We got the text from because it was a confirmed case in his preschool. And did he you have to bring him? A, did you have to bring him to get the swab down his nose and yeah, in his throat? How did yeah. he? How did he? How did he react? They don't do the throat for kids. They, right. Um, they just done each nostril. Um, did he, enjoy, things, he didn't enjoy that, I'm sure. No, he didn't. No, no he he proceeded to tell me it hurt a lot. <laughs> oh, but it nice. is. It is. It's not nice. Yeah. So yeah. so so you're waiting four days now. So that's so. To now, I'm waiting on the results. So it was four days from the school text, and so the school, um, the preschool, should I say, uh, closes doors, um, which now is so he's off now for the week. Plus he's off for a second week because of the midterm. Um, right. What you call it? And what's happened is my daughter, who's ten, is in the school attached to the preschool, and she's still going to school, and my husband's still going to work because right. we're known as secondary, whereas. Because he was, because my son was um, primary, yes, primary, primary contact, so, yeah, yeah. So, but still, and all though, like if he does come back, then you're all gonna have to. Yeah, that. You're all, all gonna have to. We I all say. have to do the contact. Okay, and and what do you? It says here that you're kind of a little bit unnerved and confused because obviously because you're waiting so long. So I'm assuming you're not too concerned about your three year old. He's grand, is he? By the way, no, he's grand. Yeah, he probably doesn't even know what's going on. Yeah, he's in good no, size either. Has an emotion. Has <laughs> an emotion. He's <laughs> no. loving all the, the the time of the sweets and. The, and does he even have? Movies. Does he even have any symptoms? No. No, well, he's got a, he's, it's a common cold. Like, I mean, yeah, like we've, every all child. Had, <laughs> we've all had it in there. I was listening to that other woman and I can sympathise with her as well. I'm like, oh God, not, not another, like, you know what I mean? What yeah, so you're not, the point is you're not worried about him. You're just worried about the ramifications if he's positive that you, know, you all yeah, have to bloody think. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You, it's just the onslaught of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I hope you get your results soon and get that sorted out. Like, it does seem oh, like a mess. Man, yeah, it's a bit, of a bit of a mess to wait four days to get the results. But listen, thank you very much, Need. I appreciate it. Loads and loads of people texting in, by the way, about contact tracing. It does seem to be a bit of a mess. It's a joke when it comes to the school. It really is, because you can't keep sending kids home all the time. And when you do, they're missing their education. Their families are missing their work because they can't leave their kids in school. Uh, families then have to self-isolate if they're a primary contact of a kid that's positive. And realistically, the child is not in any danger. But can we reiterate that? If children are positive of COVID-19, the possibility of your child dying, your child has a better chance of being struck by lightning and being killed statistically. That's the fact. So don't be worrying about your children. Be worried about maybe who they're maybe in contact with. But I think we should do a better system. It would be great if we had antigen testing in schools. We could test them in five minutes there and then. No need to send them home. I don't know why we can't just do it. 